0: Welcome everyone to the Grounded Podcast. Nipsey Hustle is going to bring us in just a little bit with grinding all my life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, paid the price. Want a slice? Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Yeah. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Yeah. Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. God bless you for listening. God bless you for watching on YouTube. God bless you for sharing this podcast with your friends and your family, your, your co workers, anybody that you come in contact with. Uh, we're found on all the, the major apps, on, on the, uh, the radio apps or whatever you want to call them Spotify, uh, Pandora, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. And so if you could just tell somebody about the Grind It podcast and, and, and just tell them to, to get in the search bar and search Grind It, all one word, G-R-I-N-D-I-T, Grind It podcast. And uh, when you do that, you're giving them the opportunity to, to hear about Jesus and hopefully uh, that the Holy Spirit will convict their hearts and, and they will give their lives to Jesus Christ. And I just want to say again, thank you for uh, being a listener and thank you for sharing the podcast In in the last podcast, we started breaking down uh, Acts chapter 8, and I left off with uh, uh, a man who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest missionaries of all time, and that was Paul. But before he became a Christian, before he had his conversion story, and we'll be looking at that, I believe it might be the next chapter, uh, he was Saul and he was a Pharisee and he was a bad dude even though he thought that he was doing the will of God he thought by persecuting these Christians and by going around from house to house and literally dragging them out of their homes and and having them put in prison and some were even killed for their faith he thought he was doing God a favor and he even talks about how he was zealous for the law and, and wanting to do what was right according to the law but yet he was a murderer. He was killing people. And, and and that's what the law says, you don't kill people. And and so even he, he just had it all wrong. And that that that's what happens on, on in, in his conversion stories when he's he's literally going to Damascus to persecute more Christians when Jesus all of a sudden appears to him and knocks him off his horse and he's blind for several days, right? And so um I I wanna go back to what I ended the last podcast with. Uh, with this idea how so many people are deceived, they're thinking they are doing God a favor. They think they are doing God's will when they're actually not doing God's will at all. And I want to break down uh, James chapter 1, 19 through 26. And I read that at the end of the last podcast. Uh, but I want to break this down because James is so in your face He's like, "This is what God wants you to do, and you better be doing it. If you're not doing it, you need to be doing it." And so, uh, let's break down James chapter one verses nineteen through twenty-six, and and I'll read a little bit and I'll talk a little bit. All right, so here we go. He says, "Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters." So he he's not writing to people in the world. He he's writing to people who have who have given their lives to Jesus Christ who are following Jesus or supposed to be following Jesus. And he says, you must all, and that means everybody, all, everybody, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. And see, in my opinion, we have this backwards. We we get angry fast, we get angry first, And we don't listen to what people are saying because we're angry and we're too busy trying to figure out how we're going to come back at them, what we're going to say, and how we're going to respond to what they're saying. And as soon as the opportunity comes, or maybe we even cut them off and make our own opportunity, we jump in and we offer what we think the solution is in an angry tone. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Is that you? Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you quick to listen? Are you slow to anger? Are you slow to speak? Not me. I, I'm. I'm not. I, I. You know. People ask me, all the time, "Are you listening to me?" Are you? I hear it all the time. Are you listening to me? Yeah, I'm listening. <laughs> but most of the time, I'm not. Just to be honest with you be uh, quick to listen, slow to speak and slow. I've never been slow to speak. I, I talk a hundred miles an hour to begin with and I, I mumble my words and I usually have to repeat what I say and far too often I get angry you know, and, and I speak in an angry tone. And if we're honest, I believe there, all of us under the sound of my voice could admit the same thing. So right off the bat, we all have work that we have to do to be more like Jesus. And that's that's the whole point of this podcast. And that's the whole point that James is trying to, 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 to point out here. Because going back to Saul, Saul thought he was doing God's will and he was murdering innocent people. He was not doing the will of God. And that's what we are to do is the will of God. So we have to be in the word to know what God wants us to do, and then when we're in the Word and we know what God wants to, wants us to do, we have to go out and do it, and it's not easy, is it? Because we 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 have this backwards. We we get angry fast, and and and, and we we don't listen. We we just want to give our opinion. We want to let people know what we think, right? But he, James says human anger does not produce the righteousness. That God desires, so we need to stay calm, and and we need to be peaceful, right? So then he says in verse twenty one, he says, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives, and humbly accept the word of God or the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Now Jesus talked about seed being planted in in, in the parable of the sower, right? The seed being the word of God, and in one of those scenarios he he, he, he said that this seed had sprung up, but it was choked out because of thorns. Now, if, if, if you're a hunter or if you've ever been in the woods for anything and you've been through a thicket, then you, you understand what Jesus is saying here. All of this wild stuff, it grows up and it, it chokes out the new growth. Though it may come up for a little bit. But those thorns and those thickets, it just it just wraps around it and it, and it chokes it out. Um, James said that God has planted His word in us, but if we aren't careful, we we can allow our lives to be filled with so much crap that it chokes out the word of God. And before you know it, we could care less about the things of God. We could care less about serving God. We don't we don't care about gathering with. The saints, we don't care anything about uh, going to this place that we call a church building and, and being with the brothers and sisters. We, we just do our own thing because none of that stuff is important anymore. It's been choked out, if you will. That life has been choked out. And unfortunately, we see this far too often. Jesus says that light, when we know this, this is just a fact, light and darkness cannot mix. It, it cannot dwell together jesus said himself you cannot serve two masters you gotta love the one and hate the other and in the words of of the song from bo diddley back in 1957 he says who do you love that that's that's the question who do you love and you know it, it, when we if we could just stand back and take a survey of your life we could tell real quick who you love and then james goes on to say he says but don't just listen." to God's word. You must do what it says, otherwise you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. How many people say they don't want to be uh, they don't want to be a Christ follower because the Bible is nothing but a bunch of rules and, and they can't follow them so since I can't follow them, why, why even try? What's the use of even trying? But listen to what James says. He says, if we do what the word, which is the Bible, that's God's word. He says if we do what the word says, then we are set free. In other words, the opposite of that is if we don't do what the Word of God says, If we don't read our Bibles and and we don't do what God says to do, then we're in bondage. That's exactly what James is saying here. If we don't do what the Bible says, then we are in bondage. We are shackled. We carry around a ball and a chain and we stay in bondage. People who are in the world and who, who, who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior... They, they have it completely backwards. They are bound by sin. They are shackled, if you will, by sin. And only Jesus can set them free. And it's easy for us to see people in the world like that. But what about you and me? What about you and me who have proclaimed Christ, been baptized for the remission of our sins, and been filled with the Holy Spirit? You know, are Are we bound? Are we shackled? You see, because James isn't talking to people of the world. He's talking to Christ's followers. He's talking to you and me. People in the world without Jesus aren't going to be reading God's Word. You know, there, 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 there's Bibles in hotels. How many people actually go into a hotel for vacation or whatever, for whatever reason they're staying in this hotel? How many people actually pull that Bible out and read it? Very few. Very few if I had to guess. People in the world without Jesus are going to be reading the Bible to find direction on how to live. That's that's what we do. As Christians, as followers of Christ, we read God's Word to get direction on how God wants us to live, right? And he says, if we read it, James says, if we read it and we don't obey it, it's like looking in a mirror and forgetting what you look like. And when we read God's Word, we read how God wants us to live. And the example that we have to to measure up to, or who has set the standard, if you will, is Jesus. And God uses His Word to shape and, and, and to mold us into the image of His Son, Jesus. So reading it is great, and it's awesome if you do that. And I hope you read it a lot. I hope you read it every day. But if we read it and we don't allow God to change us, if we don't allow God to shape us and mold us into the image of His Son, then we're no better than the people of the world who don't know Jesus at all. We are the ones who are bound in shackles. We are the ones who are in bondage if we don't do what the Bible says to do. James says if we read it and obey it, then we are set free and God blesses us. So maybe... Maybe I should ask this question before we go to break. What are you wearing? What's on your feet? High tops? Shoes? Or shackles? You have to answer that question for yourself. Do you even read God's word? And if you are reading God's word, do you forget what you read when you walk away? Or are you obedient and you allow God to shape and to mold you into the image of his dear son we'll be right back yeah! so James says if we read God's Word and we obey it then we are set free and God blesses us and, and and don't overlook what James says about the Word of God the Bible he says humbly accept the Word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls the Bible has The power to save your soul. Wait, wait, wait. I thought after I gave my heart to Jesus, that was it. No. That's just the beginning. We have to live our lives the best that we can in obedience to Christ until we take our last breath on this earth, until we cross over into eternity. Jesus said himself, Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. Revelation 2, verse 10. If we aren't reading the word of God, then we won't know how Christ wants us to live. And if we are reading it and we're not following it, following it, then we're wasting our time because we aren't being made in the image of Christ. And we're not being the example of Jesus to the world. I mean, how, how can you be an example or how can we be an example of somebody that we don't even know? Because if we're not reading the word of God, then we don't know Jesus. Because we find out all that we need to know about Jesus in the Word of God, especially the four Gospels. And if we're not reading the Word of God, we don't know Jesus. And so how can we be the image of Jesus? How can we show the example of Jesus if we don't know Jesus? It's impossible. So we have to be readers of the Word and we have to follow what God wants us to do. Um, and I want to say this too. If if, if if we as Christ followers, if we're not reading the Bible, if we're not reading the Word of God, then we're, we're allowing all kinds of opportunity for crap to grow into our lives and choke out God. And you see it all the time. A life challenge happens, discouragement comes, and before you know it, we, we quit reading We quit praying, and the enemy chokes out what has sprouted in our lives. But if we if we do what James says, if we read God's word and we live by it, we're being obedient to it. Our faith grows stronger and stronger. Romans chapter ten verse seventeen. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word by the word of God. And so then, there would be less room for this crap to grow. And, and choke out the good stuff. You just be filled with the good stuff, God's Word. And then so let's move on. In verse 26, James says, If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, uh-oh, uh-oh. If you don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. I didn't say that. James said that. If you claim to be religious, if you claim to follow Jesus, is what he's saying. But you don't control your tongue. You're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. So he switches to to what we put inside of our bodies, the word of God, to what comes out of it. Our mouths. What comes out of our mouths. What comes out of our bodies through our mouths. Or specifically he mentions the tongue. Listen to what he says in chapter three, James chapter three about the tongue. He says there and I'm I'm just gonna read this through and 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 not even talk about it, because it says enough. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever he wants by means of a small bit in his mouth, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out uh, with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig, fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living honorable an honorable life, doing good works with a humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth by boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace, loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and of fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of... Righteousness. The tongue is powerful, James says. Jesus Himself said it's not what goes into a person that defiles or taints them, but what comes out. Matthew fifteen, eleven. Out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus says, the mouth speaks in Luke six forty five. If we are filling our hearts with the word of God, then that is what will come out of our mouths. That's why it's so important. To be people of the Word. Reading our Word. So let me ask you, what do people hear come out of your mouth? Does it reflect Jesus? Or does it not? Moving on, verse 27, James says, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Orphans and widows are people who struggle to help themselves they depend on others to to survive since they've been abandoned and left alone by a loved one right that means that we have to quit being selfish and actually help others we actually have to get involved in other people's lives which totally goes against today's thinking because of social media and 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 and, uh and texting and these different things we, we have isolated ourselves and, and you know this virus, this cr- coronavirus we, you know now we're spaced apart and you know we can't be around people as much and you know for a while we couldn't even be around we were you know locked up in our homes basically for a long time. And so things it, 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 this is a, a, a foreign concept today. We have to quit being selfish and actually get involved in people's lives. Listen carefully how James finishes his thoughts. He says, Refusing to let the world corrupt you. And this is the key. It all boils down to who we let influence us. God or the world. What we allow in our lives determines who we are as Christ followers. We should be in the Word daily, allowing God to shape and to mold us into the image of His Son. Right? And when we go out into the world, we should shine the light of Christ. Being his example to those who are, who are lost and bondage because of sin, and we should be sharing hope. And like I said earlier, hope has a name, it was in the previous podcast. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. Refuse. Refuse, refuse, refuse to let the world corrupt you. It will try, and it will try again. Which is why it's so important to be in God's Word. Think about this. When Satan came and uh, Jesus is out there in the desert for 40 days and the devil comes along and he uh, tempts Jesus and tries to get him to sin. He tries to get him to fall, if you will, like he did. For 40 days he tries. And Jesus uses God's Word to resist the devil and his temptations and what people a lot of people don't realize you know they'll read this uh, i think it's in the book of matthew and in one other uh, gospel uh i can't remember which one but it's, uh, it's well it's luke for uh, the other one is luke luke 4 13 um what people don't a lot of people don't realize is that, that if this happened more than once we just read it that one time and we think well okay satan came along and he, he tempted jesus these three different ways and Jesus refused, didn't, didn't give in to the temptation because he, he used the power of God's word and that was it. But no, Luke 4.13 says when the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. There was more opportunities. Satan came against Jesus the whole three, three and a half years that Jesus was doing ministry on this earth. The devil never gave up trying to get Jesus to fail and just like you and me jesus he got tired spiritually how many times do we read where jesus had to go off along he had to send the disciples he put them in a boat and says y'all going across the river boys out uh, the sea I'll, I'll 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 meet you i'll meet up with you later on but many times jesus had to go off to be alone to pray to god the father and to to get uh, refueled if you will to get recharged You know, I I cannot emphasize enough how important it is, how crucial it is that we are reading the Word of God, studying it, and allowing God to shape and to mold us into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. As a Jew, Paul followed God. Paul saw he lived and he breathed God's law, but he was seriously mistaken. He was zealous for God. He was passionate about serving God, but he was doing it all wrong. He thought that he was doing God a favor by killing all of these Jesus followers because in his mind he was coerced by the Sanhedrin and these Pharisees and all the religious leaders because he he thought that, that these people were blasphemers. You know, G, They thought Jesus was a blasphemer. And so they thought Jesus had a demon. So they're thinking that all these people are a bunch of blasphemers and they want to get rid of them. They want they want to get rid of these people who uh, are coming in the name of Jesus and working these miracles. But in reality, Saul was wrong. Bad wrong. He, he was a murderer. And he had shed innocent blood. And he was, in his own words, the worst of sinners. And yet... As we'll see in the next chapter, God saved him. And you know what? God can save you. God will save you. It does not matter what you have done. Your past can be wiped clean. Paul was a murderer. He had people killed. Innocent people killed. So it doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus will reach reach down to you and pull you up right from where you were at in your life. And He will give you hope. He will give you a new life. You will be a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's what Romans 6 is all about. Uh, When we come to Christ and we make Him our Lord and Savior and we're baptized for the remission of our sins, we are a new creation in Christ. And He gives us a new purpose. And that's living for Him and, and working for His kingdom. to produce fruit so that other people can have the same hope that we have. Please, share your faith with someone. And please, get in God's Word. And if you are already in God's Word, study it. But not only study it and read it, but don't forget what you read. Live by it allow God to shape God's Holy Spirit to shape and mold you into the image of his son and share what you know, share Jesus and give people the hope that you have. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the grind it podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grind at gmail.com. Please join us next time. And when a challenge comes your way, just grind life. it. i grinding all my life sacrifice hustle pay the price want a slice got the roll the dice that's why all my life i've been grinding all my life Look, all my life